Thanks for connecting with us on our podcast. We're so encouraged by all that God is doing through our ministry. If you would like more information about how to get connected or to financially partner with us, be sure to visit us on the web at citylightsac.org. Today's message is from our series, Life Adrift. It's so easy to go adrift with things that matter most in life. Family, relationships, finances, our spiritual journeys. In this series, we'll look at how to get back on course and stay focused on the right path ahead. Prepare your heart to hear from God. We hope you enjoy the message. We, we're starting a new series this morning called Life Adrift. And um, how many of you know it's so easy to get out of focus in life? lose the side of what matters most. I want to read a scripture to us in the New Testament while you're standing, and then I think there'll be a story um, praying. Well, there'll have to be because I've already wrote it. A story in the Old Testament that'll make this story come to life. So if you will just remain standing while we read this. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. It says, patient endurance is what you need now. Look to your neighbor and say, now. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. I've got a message for somebody this morning who's good at starting things but terrible at finishing things. I've got a message for somebody this morning who's feeling like giving up on a relationship. I've got a message for somebody this morning who feels like God won't pull them through the struggle they're in. Is there anybody in here this morning that needs a little bit of God's goodness? Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will because you know you can start it and then stop. Listen, then, then you will receive all, look at your neighbor and say, all, all that he has promised. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. It is only then that you will receive all that he has promised. If you're excited to hear a word from God this morning, let's celebrate that. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worship team. You sound good this morning. So we're starting this series called Life Adrift, and the whole idea is that we're going to get refocused, realigned, reconnected with what matters most. And this morning as we're in part one, uh, the, the idea that I want to talk to you about is keep walking, he's working. Keep walking, he is working. There's been many times in my life, even as being a Christ follower, sometimes there's this misportrayed uh, image that Christ followers have it all together. And there's been many times, even recently, that my life has gone adrift from what God wanted from me or from what my marriage needed from me or from what my children needed from me. And so I want to say this, if you're here, you're watching online and you're not a Christian and you're just kind of checking things out, I believe this, the, the, the scripture that we're going to read today is very applicable to all people. But particularly if you're in Christ, I pray that it gives you some encouragement to know that if we will endure other translations say, if we'll have perseverance, that we'll receive all that God promised for us. And how many of you know that he's a good God who promises things for us? He's not a God that hates you or doesn't like you. In fact, he loves you. And so I'm really encouraged by uh, where we're going over the next several weeks through August 7th through this series. So I want to encourage you to, to be a part of it. Um, also, before we dive in this morning, because I have a strong anticipation to teach and preach this morning, we're going to dive right into it. But if you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, you can click, open that up. If you'll click on uh, More and then click on Events, you'll see City Lots Church. You click on it, and you're going to see every single scripture that I'm reading from this morning. There's also a place for you to take notes there. There's also some other thoughts for you to kind of just see uh, only for those who are on that. So that's a free way to connect with us. That's an app for Android or iPhone, and uh, it's free. It's a great app. Um, also, 
You can follow along on the screen this morning. But I have a really strong anticipation. I want to use that, that Hebrews 10.36 as a foundational piece for where we're going this morning. And this idea, keep walking, he's working. You guys said you were ready for the word of God, but I'm not sure if you are. Are you? All right, let's see. We're going to dive right in. This is Joshua chapter 6. If you grew up in church, this is very familiar scripture, okay? If not, then you'll know it by the time you leave today. Keep in mind. Keep walking, he's working. It says, now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. This is the story of the fall of Jericho. If you've ever heard of Jericho in the Old Testament, that's where we're going this morning. It says, the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. Hang me right there just for a moment. So picture this, if you, if you, even if you don't know about this story, I can just give you a really quick uh, synopsis. There's this town called Jericho, this city named Jericho. There was, it was fortified, uh, fortified by walls. I was doing some study this morning, and they believe there would have been uh, a, lower, um, a lower wall, and then it would have been, went up an embankment, and then another wall. But it's surrounded by walls. And here's what's crazy about this. It's not a big place. Some answers in Genesis, Ken Ham, if you've ever heard of that, maybe you've heard about the new Noah's Ark, life-size thing coming to Kentucky. That's who I'm talking about. They believe the city was only about nine acres. So not very big, but very, very strong because there would have been a lot of warriors in there, a lot of, you know, the Canaanites. And here's what's amazing about this is that Joshua and the Israelites, they're fixing to go into a battle. But it says that the Israelites... Um, excuse me, it says that the, the town of Jericho, that the reason they had built the walls because they were scared of the Israelites. And I think a question that makes me think of this morning, maybe there's some obstacles in your life that you're afraid of, but what you don't realize is the victory is already yours. It's going back to school. It's staying in that relationship. Or on the flip side, it's finding a new relationship. There's some things you're intimidated by. It's cancer, it's sickness, it's finances. And what you don't realize is the walls aren't up because you can't get over it. The walls are up because whatever you're facing is intimidated by you. It's about having a new perspective this morning. And I love this. It says, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings, and all its strong warriors. This is so amazing to me. Only God can speak in past tense about our future problems. Do you know what I'm talking about? Somebody should jump through the roof right then. That was pretty good, I thought. Apparently y'all didn't, so I'm going to have to earn it this morning. It's okay, i got a long way to go. i got five pages of notes. Only our God can speak in past tense. See, listen, the battle hasn't even taken place yet, but God's saying, hey, I'm giving you Jericho. So I wanted to tell somebody this morning, there's some things that you're going through, and the victory's already yours. The battle has already been determined, the outcome of it, so don't be afraid to go into war. Y'all really are going to make me earn it this morning, aren't you? I'm going to try my best. I'll, I'll get better. I'll get better. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its kings, and all strong warriors. He's speaking in past tense about our future problems. So I wanted to, the first little idea that I want to talk to you about is anytime there's a promise, there will always be a plan. Anytime God gives us a promise, there's going to be a plan to receive that. And part of our job it's to follow that plan. Remember Hebrews said, hey, if you'll continue doing God's will, then you'll receive it all. A lot of times we start out with good intentions and then we get off course and we're like, God, where are you? And he's like, hey man, I'm still way back over here. You're the one that left me. You're the one that went going this way. 
So anytime that God speaks a promise, and that's what he's spoken to Joshua, hey, I'm going to give you the city. In fact, I've already given it to you. You've not went into the battle yet, so maybe you just need to hold your head up today and walk a little bit stronger this week that the victory is yours if you'll just claim it in the name of Jesus. If you'll just change your perspective instead of thinking, hey, the world's out to get me, God's not going to help me, that everything you could ever face in your life, if you're in Christ, the victory is yours. Instead of stop, you know, walking around like a victim, that you would walk around in victory so that anytime there's a promise, there will always be a plan. You need to hang on to this because God has spoken many promises over all of us. In fact, in Hebrews, you could say it's the same for us today that if we'll continue to walk in his will, Nick, if we'll continue, that means consistency. How many times have you ever got on fire for the Lord and you get burnt out and then you're just like, have not been in church in six years and don't even read my Bible? And We all do it, right? I don't, just you. You're a bunch of sinners. When there's a promise, there's going to be a plan, and we've got to stay to the plan. And listen, it's always a good plan. One of the most quoted scriptures in uh, the Bible is Jeremiah 29, 11. So what's happening here in this story, about 790 years later, the Israelites are going into Babylonian captivity, and here we get Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, hey, listen, the plans I have for you, they're good plans. They're not to hurt you. They're not to harm you. Anybody know that scripture? He was speaking to a nation of Israelites. Here's what you may not know about that, is when God spoke that scripture, he spoke it to before they went into captivity, and there would be many people who did not understand that, that promise, and there would be many people that did not experience it because they died in captivity. But what he's saying is, in his entirety, in his totality, God has a plan for humanity, and it's a good plan. And when there's a promise, you've got to follow that plan. Sometimes the plan is open-ended. Sometimes it's detailed. I'm just preaching and teaching a little bit this morning. We're going to look at a detailed plan this morning. But if you go to Genesis chapter 12, where God's calling Abraham to step out, he says, hey, go to the land I'm going to show you. Anybody ever felt like God was telling you to do something, but you had no idea exactly what it was? This morning, we're going to look at a detailed plan. So if you feel like God's speaking something over your life, there's something that he's wanting you to do, there's something you're needing him to do, and you feel like, you know, God, you told me you were going to do this. I want to ask you, are you executing the plan that he has been given to you? As we continue in the story, this is Joshua 6.3. It says, you and your fighting men, so here comes the plan, should march around the town once a day. Listen to the details. You should march around the town once a day for six days, verse 4. This and seven priests will walk ahead of the ark. Now, just a teaching moment here, if you're not really familiar with the Ark of the Covenant. Basically what this is, this is the best way I know how to describe it. So if you're a theologian watching a line, you're a scholar in here, we can, talk, we can talk after the service, but I'm talking to people who don't know everything like you do. It's basically, it's an old treasure chest that would have been covered in gold, okay? And inside it would have been like a golden jar of manna. If you've ever read about in the Old Testament when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness from uh, freedom from the Egyptians, God sends manna down from heaven. That would have been in there. There's a guy in the Old Testament named Moses. He has a brother named Aaron. Aaron had a, a rod that was, represented power and just God's presence, if you will, almost. That rod would have been in this Ark of the Covenant. And then also, if you've ever read Exodus 20 or you've ever heard of the Ten Commandments, those two stone tablets would have been in this Ark of the Covenant. So you got the tablets, Aaron's rod. It was an open face, ugly. No fishermen in here? Okay. Listen, y'all have a good day. We've taken up the offering. We're good to go. So I appreciate y'all for coming out today. 
The rod would have been in there, the tablets would have been in there, and this golden jar of manna. And here's basically what it would have, it would have represented the presence of the Lord. It would have represented the presence of the Lord. And so that's what the Ark of the Covenant was. So when he says seven priests will walk ahead of the Ark, each carrying a ram's horn. Listen, on the seventh day, this is God speaking to Joshua. You need to pay attention to the details here. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. Verse 5, when you hear the priests giving, uh, give one long blast on the ram's horn, excuse me, horns, have all the people... Y'all are dismissed. I'm, I, can, I can work with this section over here. I can work with this section, but it's all, isn't it like, isn't this always like the center section? I'm, I'm serious. Like, if you go back and watch from our Christmas service, every Sunday since then, it's been this section over here. So, can we try this again? Can y'all help me out, like, just a little bit? When you hear the priest give one long um, blast on the ram's horns, have all the people Shout. as loud, as loud as they can. Listen, then the walls of the town will collapse, and the people can charge straight into the town. Listen, when God instructs the plan, you can trust the process. When God gives the plan from the promise he spoke, you can trust the process that's going to happen. There's always a little process. And sometimes we talked about this just a second ago. I mentioned that sometimes it's, it's open-ended. But when God gives it, you can trust that if he's told you how to do it, if you'll carry that out, if you'll continue to do his will, that you'll receive all he promised. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not really interested in being a half-hearted Christian who only receives some of God's promises so I can say, I'm doing pretty good. I want all that he has for me. And I don't mean that selfishly. I just mean that wholly in terms of if God's got these big promises for me and he's got this great plan, then I'm willing to go through the process and trust that if I do, I'll receive all he has for me. And that's the father we serve. He wants good for us. But we must be willing to follow him. We must be willing to follow him. Something interesting happens very, uh, something very interesting happens next. I want you to hang with this. Listen, when, when God speaks a promise, he had told, in this, in this context, he had told the nation of Israel and Joshua, hey, I've given you this city. I've given it to you. The battle hadn't even happened yet. Maybe you're here this morning and you're looking for love or rekindled love. God's given it to you. The battle is yours. Maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking about quitting on God. You're thinking about quitting on church. And God's saying, don't do it. I've got a promise. you just got to stick it out a little bit. You've got to stick it out. You've got to hang with me. Don't give up. It's easy to quit. It's easy to quit. So when he speaks a promise, Eric, there's going to be a plan. And when he gives the plan, you can trust the process from which that plan will unfold. But I want you to pay attention how God spoke very detailed to Joshua. And I want you to watch how Joshua receives that message, and then he speaks to the people. This is Joshua chapter 6, verse 6. says, So Joshua called together the priests. He's called his leadership team together. And he said, Hey, I want you to take up the ark of the Lord's covenant, assign seven priests to walk in front of it, each carrying a ram's horn. Then he gave orders to the people. Listen to this. March around the town, and the armed men will lead the way in front of the ark of the Lord. Now, I find it very interesting that God was very specific with Joshua, but when Joshua gets the plan and he goes to his people, he leaves out some details. Do you know anybody that ever leaves out some details when you're talking to them? 
Don't be elbowing the person beside you, okay? Don't be elbowing. This is, we're here to help you, not hurt your marriage, so. But I have a couple thoughts about this, and there's, there's many different ways that we could go in terms of thinking, why did this happen? But I'm wondering sometimes, does God put people in our life to speak truth to us in a way that we can understand? Because if we heard all that God had for us, we wouldn't understand it or comprehend it. There'll be times I have conversations with people in our church, key leaders and ministry positions, and I'm saying, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to go this direction. And to them, it sounds like we're just going to start marching. But I've heard from the Lord that it's going to be around the city and there's a specific plan. And so I wanted to tell somebody today that whether you come to this church or you're just here as a guest from out of town or you're watching online and you're at another church or you've got a leader somewhere, you need to trust the leaders that God has put in your life. Amen, anybody. Whether that be in the workforce or the church house. Sometimes God will use people to speak to us in a way that we can understand, though, if we told them, if I told you just like I see from and hear from God about our vision for the church, you'd probably get up and leave and think this dude's crazy. And you may be a tad bit right. It's interesting that he doesn't convey the exact same way he'd heard it to these people. And I believe that, that sometimes God gives us exactly what we need to accomplish what he wants. Have you ever felt like God was calling you to do something or you had this inner desire to do something, but you felt like you didn't know everything how to do it? Well, why don't you just trust the promise that God put that desire in your heart and you just step out? And that's where maybe the process is a little open-ended. Joshua got the right details, but he didn't tell them to them. And I wonder sometimes if we knew every single detail about it, if God told us every detail about our life, then we would trust the detail more than the person of God. And if one detail changed, well, God doesn't love me, screw it, I knew it, he's no good, I'm no good, church is bad, they're all hypocrites, right? So like you're, you're constantly praying for the truth, but I think sometimes God's like, hey, you can't even handle it, really. If I told you what you wanted, you'd be curled up in a little ball at home eating tomato soup and grilled cheese. that's a delicate subject in my house because my wife loves tomato soup and grilled cheese. Interesting that Joshua hears this from the Lord but shares it with his people a different way. And I think I just wanted to make this very real inside of our context that, listen, church, sometimes I'm going to say things that don't make sense to you and I just need you to trust that I'm seeking the Lord. If you're under the sound of my voice as the pastor of this church, then if I've earned your trust, if I've not let you, I may have let you down. That doesn't mean you can't trust someone, but you need to trust the leadership. And I'll be honest with you, if it's at your work, if it's at your church, if it's at your home, if you can't trust it, that's a bad place to be. It's a bad place to be. So here's what happens. Joshua gives these vague details to the nation and they begin to prepare for what their leader has said. And I can imagine Joshua, he goes and tells them, hey, we're going to start marching. And they go home to their wives, these soldiers. Like, hey, my God, we're working for Joshua. I've got the greatest job in the world. And so they prepare. We're going to skip ahead a little bit. It says on the first day they marched one time. And we're picking up in verse 14. We're just, we've not really missed anything. They've just kind of, for the sake of time, they've got everything together. And this is what it says. It says on the second day, they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. Leave me on the scripture for a moment. On the second day, they, re- 
they again marched around the town once and returned to the camp. They followed this pattern for six days. Leave me here. I want you to imagine this. That when these men set out to march around Jericho, remember Joshua just said, hey, we're going to march. But God had told him, for six days you'll do it once a day, and on the seventh day you'll do it seven times. He knew the details, but these men did not. And so I wonder if we can even go back then. You think these guys, you know, they're fighters, they're, they're warriors, they're, they're under Joshua, who's a successor of Moses. I mean, this dude is legit, this is real. They thought they were getting into it. And could you imagine, they come home and they tell their wife, say, oh my God, I'm working with Joshua, it's the greatest deal. We're taking Jericho down, it's gonna be crazy. I'm gonna be, there are people gonna remember me. And so like Monday morning comes around and she's a good little wife and she packs his lunch and he gets up and he leaves and he's like, well, I'm heading to work, babe. Need you to pray for me today. I'm going to be in all kinds of battles today. It's going to be tough. She hugs him and all the kids are like, bye, daddy, bye, daddy, be safe. And he heads out the door. And she's sitting there and she's thinking, I got me a real man. I got me a man he's going to battle. And I'll be dang if about an hour later, she sees him come walking up the driveway. Because remember, Jericho's only about nine acres, so I mean, it'd take you know, an hour to walk around it. And he comes walking in and and she says, oh my, you're back already. Did you kill a bunch of people? I mean, did you take the town? What did you do? Tell me about it. And he was like, we just, just kind of walked around town a little bit today. I think Joshua was just wanting us to scout the land, but we're going to get back at it tomorrow, so. And then day three, the same thing. You're back already? Yeah, yeah, just stomach wasn't feeling too good. They just had one time, couldn't, had to come back. And it says they follow this pattern. And see, but what they don't know is, what they don't know is that there's a plan and there's a process that's happening that they can't see. And so I wanted to share with you this morning that when God calls you to something, when he gives you a promise and there's a plan and he talks about the, the process, this is good. I want you to hang to this, that the progress that you're making isn't always obvious. The progress isn't always obvious. I mean, listen, every day, Derek, for six days, they're walking around this one time, and not one single brick falls. Could you concur that it would be legitimate to think, man, I'm wasting my time? There's nothing. What good is it to come here? What good is it to give? What good is it to read? What good is it to pray? What good is it to serve? Nothing is happening. I see the walls here, but no brick is coming down. And God, you know that I got to get to Jericho. You know I've got to get through this. You know I need your hand on me. Church, the progress isn't always obvious. But if you'll stay faithful to the plan, you can trust the process, that God is working out for your good, all things. And I wanted to ask you this this morning. When God, listen, will you believe in God when what he said is not what you see? Will you believe in God when what he said is not what you see? Am I the only one that's having a revival on my own self right now? Okay. Jeff, I appreciate it. I see you back there, brother. His progress and what he's doing us is not always obvious. It's the call to stay faithful to the Lord. It's the call to stay faithful to your commitment, trusting that God is going to work all things together. If he's given us a plan, 
We can trust that if we'll just stay faithful, that it's going to work out like he said it would. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Is, would it have been, could you have understand if we read the story and these men were like, hey, we've been doing this for six days, and man, this is kind of getting old. We're just, we're done. Could you understand if they did that? We all could, right? We all could, because when we don't see what God said, it's hard for us to keep going. That's where your faith kicks in. I'm talking to somebody right now who's questioning their faith. You're questioning, you're questioning your church, maybe this church. You're questioning God and the whole, everything about it. And you're at this point to like, hey, man, I'm just done. This is what most people say, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but there's a word for you. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you can insert, insert the blank. They say stuff like, I've tried God. I've, I've done the church thing. No, you've not done it. You don't try God. By God. <laughs> the progress in what he's doing you is not always obvious. Listen, in biblical numerology, number six always represents man and human weakness. In biblical numerology, the number seven always represents God's completion and perfection. What would have happened if these Israelites stopped on day six? Right before the promise of God. Do you suppose that's why we have Hebrews 10.36? It makes sense. Hey, if you'll continue to do it, because in your nature, you want to quit. You want to stop on six. You want to quit. You want to quit. You want to give up. I'm done. I'm tired of it. I've tried this. I've tried that. There's no hope. But if you'll just keep moving, if you'll just keep moving, you will experience the fullness and all that he promised. All that he promised. Six represents weakness. But seven is God's perfection. You just have to to keep walking. I wanted to tell you this morning that there's some things that you're going through and if you'll just keep walking, you can trust that he's working. Stephanie, if you'll keep walking, you can trust that he's working. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. Even in your weariness, don't stop. If you'll keep walking, he's working, JB. You may not see it. That's where your faith kicks in to remember what he spoke. Continuing on, this is verse 15. On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. See, there's something about just being consistent. Just, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do it again. I don't feel like it. My faith doesn't feel like it's working, but I'm going to do it because I know the progress isn't always obvious, but I trust God's plan, Brittany, and I trust that he has a promise for me. So they got up and did what they all did, just like you've got up this morning and do what you always do. You come to church. But this time, but this time they went around the town Seven times. They're trusting the plan. At some point, Joshua has conveyed to them, hey, it's no longer once a day. Now it's, we're going to do it seven times this day. So they've, they've, they've changed things up a little bit, but they're staying faithful to the process, verse 16. The seventh time around, as the priests 
sounded the long blast on their horns, Joshua commanded the people to, for the Lord has given you the town. And I think somebody just needs to know this today. You're on lap six. You're on week six. You're on year six. And you feel like quitting. You feel like giving up. You're tired. You're restless. But God is saying, hey, if you'll get up tomorrow, you'll experience the fullness of what I have for you. And I'm about to punch this table if I didn't want to break my knuckles. It's already screwed together where it broke, so I'd hurt myself really bad. But I wanted to tell you, don't stop. You're this close. Crystal, you're this close to experiencing the promise that God has for you. Kim, you're this close. Rodney, you're this close. Man, don't stop in your weakness. The Lord has given you the town. Man, had they stopped, they would have never experienced his promise, Heather. They would have never experienced his promise. Some of you here today, you don't know, and I want to be the one to tell you that the victory is yours. The outcome has already been determined. It's yours. Don't be afraid to battle. Hey, listen, I want to I just share something with you, if it's okay. Can I have like five more minutes of your time? Seven hours, somebody said back there. I want to go back to verse two for a moment. I want to point something out to you. God has just said, hey, Here's the Jericho, the walls are up, and they're afraid. And so really it seems like impossible, right? Like how are we going to knock these walls down? And maybe you're here this morning, you're in a situation thinking, how am I going to get through this financially? How am I going to get through this relationally? You're in a place where it just, you just see the walls of Jericho, but you don't see the promise of God. And I'm not, I don't want to knock on you because I've been there. Like, I mean, I've seen the walls of Jericho and I've known that God has the power to bring them down, but I've doubted myself to continue to do it. It says, but the Lord said to Joshua, I have given, it's already yours, I've given you Jericho. I've given you the peace. If you'll stay faithful and be a good steward, I've given you the provision that you need financially. Relationally, I've got the person out there for you. I've got who you need. And I know you feel lonely and you're wondering whether you ever experience it. On the other side, he's saying, hey, I put them right beside you. I need you to not quit on me. I've given you Jericho. Speaking past tense about a future problem, right? Well, we've read the story. And we see that God made this promise here. And look at verse 20. It says, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they, as loud as they could, suddenly. Hey, suddenly. Because when you've stayed faithful to the plan, you complete the process, it comes out of nowhere. Suddenly, suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites 
charged straight into the town and captured it. So God made the promise in verse 2, but they did not experience it until verse 20. Now we know it's a week's time. God spoke it in a week later, but maybe you're here this morning and it's been seven months. It's been seven years. Don't stop. You can trust that though the progress you're making in Him isn't obvious, that the promise still stands. The promise still stands. Maybe God has spoke it and you don't see it, so you're searching for it. That's not a bad place to be either. You keep seeking, you keep searching, you keep knocking. Don't stop. Don't stop. The promise still stands. You've got to keep walking and trust that He's working. You've got to keep walking and trust that He is working. Is it okay if we end the same way we started? Patient endurance. Hebrews 10.36, please pull it up. Patient endurance is what you need. Look at your neighbor and say, now. Makes sense now, right? makes sense now. Patient endurance. Perseverance is what you need now, not tomorrow, not next week when you get all this Jesus stuff figured out, not next week when you can quote more scripture, not next week when you start tithing. You need it now. You need it now. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue. I love that word continue because let me tell you something that, that, I, that I've seen in, in um, in my young time in ministry, I guess I've been in ministry about six years. I heard a pastor give this illustration and I find it to be very true. I love when people come to me and they've got this grand idea. They want to start something for Jesus. That fires me up. Fires me up when people come to me like, hey, especially when someone says, I've got like a calling or God's given me this idea. I take that stuff very seriously because I know what it's like to hear from the Lord. And I know what it's like to have a calling. So you want to get me jacked up from 0 to 60 in about two seconds to say something about calling and God spoke to you. I'll take you to your favorite restaurant and everything. But I love, when, so I love when people come to me and say, I've got this idea, I want to start something. I want to be a part of this ministry. I love that. But I've learned in my short time, and I can tell you that the years I've been in ministry is enough to where you begin to change what you care about, right? When you're younger, there's certain things that matter to you, but when you get older and you have kids and things, that your perspective changes. So now I don't get so excited when someone comes to me and says, hey, I want to start something. I want to know, will they continue to do it? I want to know, will you finish what you started? Because everybody is a dime a dozen to come here and start something. I want to know, will you endure? Can you continue what you started? And the Lord's saying this morning, you need it now because there's some things you're going to go through. You may be in the middle of them right now, but if you'll just endure, if you'll persevere, it's then 
If you'll continue to do God's will, don't stop. Don't quit. Don't quit. Listen, then, then you will experience the promise. And listen, then you will, not then you might, then you will earn, then you deserve, then you will receive all that He has promised. Church, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this morning, give us the courage and the endurance to keep walking. God, we're all facing Jerichos in our life. We're all facing these walls that seem like we have no idea how they're going to come down. And many of us are just like the Israelites, Lord. We're marching around this wall. We feel like we're being obedient, but not even one brick is falling. And will you just remind us, God, that what you're doing in us is not always obvious. We can't always see it. God, we claim this morning that the promise you've spoken over us is good, that the plan you have for us is not to harm us, and that we can trust the process. And if we'll continue in your will, if we will endure now, that we will receive all the promises you have spoke over us. And we claim that in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive that this morning, church? Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Peyton, and I just wanted to personally thank you for tuning into our podcast. We're so encouraged by all that God is doing to this ministry, and if you'd like to stay connected with us through the week, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again for joining.